I come to work every day so excited to like see people changing their lives and I cry every time I talk That's about okay. it because it's such a big deal like I remember like being in that place where I didn't want to live and I didn't want to die but I didn't know what I wanted to do like I'd have been okay with not being here anymore and people come in here feeling that way and it's like to see that change it's it's the most rewarding thing in the world and knowing I may have had just like a little tiny part of that means a lot Yo, what's going on, guys? Welcome to a podcast. Not only is this a podcast, but it's our journey. A journey that we hope you want to ride out with us as we intend to educate you guys, inspire, talk about past and current experiences, and to make one think to stop judging others. Most importantly, stop judging yourself based on others' views and perceptions. With that said, you'll be hearing from me, myself, Austin Kirshner, but along with our journey, on this podcast will be my mother, Kathy Kirshner, and my brother, Dylan Kirshner. With that said, welcome to Silencing of Stigma. We're going back to the roots. Okay, welcome back, everyone, to another podcast of Silencing of Stigma. Uh, last week, we spoke to Mike at the ranch, and this week, we're going to speak to Mandy about the ranch. So we're here the same night recording, but it's going to be two episodes. So Mandy's been at the ranch. Um, she's going to start with her story and go from there. Oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let me start with, I've been at the ranch since we opened. I literally helped put the beds together here. And what year was that? That was like seven years ago, I think. Okay. So the fact that they're still put together is pretty, <laughs> is pretty phenomenal. I'm proud of that. Um, but one of the main reasons I work here and I work in the field is because I'm in recovery. And it's like, it's a blessing to come somewhere and help people every single day that you've been through the same struggles as them. So I live locally. I live in Marietta. I grew up in Wrightsville, which is where the ranch is at. Mm-hmm. And ironically, the ranch years ago was... It was like an attorney or someone owned it, and it was a restaurant and a bar, and I used to come up here and party. Okay. So the fact that it's like 180, and now I work here as a treatment center is pretty cool. I don't remember a lot of when I was up here, but I know I was <laughs> up here. <laughs> but um, my story is like I started drinking and smoking weed like in high school, like everyone does. I was young. Um, I, had, I have three daughters who are 22, 26, and 18. So when my youngest daughter was about two weeks old, their father passed away. And that's when my like drinking and drugging career like took off. I remember when I was 17, my parents had found weed in my bedroom and they sent me to this rehab. And I'm like 17 years old. I'm in there with all these like older women who had like lost custody of their kids. And I'm like, I don't belong here. Like I'm not like these people. Like who would choose drugs over their kids? And then, like, you fast forward, and it was me. Like, I was that mom, which, which, like, is sad. I never wanted to become that, but it was, I was telling my mom, like, I just want to smoke weed and, like, be one with the earth. I'm never going to, like, use hard drugs. Um, But after my kid's dad passed away, it just spiraled. I ended up going to jail. I lost custody of my kids. Um, I was that mom that would, like, leave my kids alone in the middle of the night. I would um, unwrap Christmas presents and return them to get money for drugs, like stuff that I'm not proud of. Mm-hmm. I've been to 12 treatment centers. Um, what else? I've 
I've done a lot of harm. I never robbed stores or anything in my addiction because I thought I might go to jail. So I would always like try to rob and steal from my family members, which looking back now, I think that's even worse. But I got, I got sober and I got a job working in treatment back in 2009 and I've been working in the field ever since. And one thing I know, the one thing that always comes to my mind is like that look in my kid's eyes when I would promise them that I was going to like do better this time mm -hmm. and I would go out and I would screw up and I'd have to come home and just see that look of like fear and disappointment in their eyes. And I don't ever, ever, ever want to see that again. It was horrible. Um, so that's why I love freaking working here. I am very, very proud of the ranch. I shout it from the rooftops. We do, we do good stuff here. I'm proud, I'm proud of working here because of all the cool things that we offer. Um, like we have the high ropes course, we have a low ropes course, we have a whole um, holistic thing, like holistic program where Alan does, like he does medicine bowls and sound healing and yoga. I don't know if you've ever met Alan, but he's, no. you gotta meet him, he's awesome. Um, but what I'm most proud of is our alumni program that I run, <laughs> <laughs> alumni. So I've been to 12 treatment centers and I was never at a treatment center that they had an alumni program where they would follow up with you when you leave, right? So it was like, they cared about me while I was there, but then when the door closed, it was like, peace out, yeah. good luck to you. And promises and the ranch like really invested in the alumni, which is why I'm here, thank God. But we, um, so before they leave, they get set up with aftercare, which would be like an IOP or a PHP or a therapist or 12-step meetings. But the alumni is just like an additional resource for them. So we do, we have an app, which is freaking phenomenal. There's, there's like, um, there's like a gratitude journal in there. It's almost like a Facebook forum, okay. but it's all just alumni from the ranch and staff. So it's a way for them to stay connected and use each other like if they're struggling. Because yeah. I wouldn't put on my Facebook page like, hey, I really feel like drinking today. So it's like a private Facebook page. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of what it is, it's cool. Um, and then we do service projects every month. So like we feed the homeless yep. sometimes and we're making Easter baskets for the Children's Home of York awesome. in April, which I'm really excited about. And then we always do something, we call them fire, which is fun and recovery events. So Friday night, we're actually going to Sky Zone Trampoline Park. Okay. Which is cool. Where's that at? Down in Lancaster. Okay. It's really fun. You think, like, it's like an hour at a time, and I remember thinking, like, geez, that's not very long. When I, let, I legit needed oxygen after about two <laughs> minutes. You get so <laughs> So this week, this alumni, is it, like, weeks after they can join? Like, would they have to be out for a certain amount nope. of time? So like you minutes. Have all minutes. Like we have people that, on Wednesday nights we do an in-person alumni meeting here. Okay. So alumni will come in and speak to the current clients about like their experience while they were here. Okay. And a lot of times they'll focus on when they left. Cause I think people don't always realize like when you're in this setting, it's structured, it's, it's a safe environment. Like when you leave, life's waiting. Mm. Like all those things that were happening before you got here, life's cruel sometimes. So it can be like very overwhelming. So I love when they come back and share about that. But um, if they leave Wednesday morning, I tell them you can come back tonight for the meeting. Okay. You're an alumni if you were here for an hour or two days or two weeks or two months, you're an okay. alumni. That's awesome. Which I love. Yeah, that's awesome mm -hmm. because everybody leaves at different times. That That is pretty cool. Yeah, and then we also do um, 
on Monday mornings, we do like a virtual meeting because a lot of our alumni aren't local. Like we get people from New Jersey, Delaware, New York, um, sometimes Maryland. So those people that can't necessarily come on Wednesdays, mm-hmm. they can get on our virtual meeting, okay. which is good stuff and too. And you run that mm-hmm. as well? Okay. Yeah, I love it. It's, it's awesome. And then what I'm most proud of is we have an annual homecoming event that we do every September. So our alumni program started maybe two years ago. And the homecoming is like an all-day thing where it's we have food and games. You can do the high ropes course because some people that were here in the winter may not have gotten to do that. So they can do that at the um, – and they get to come back and, like, connect with staff, which is cool. And last year I think we had, like, 250 people come which is a big deal, which proves to me that we're doing good things here. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I never wanted back. to get back. I wouldn't have gone to any alumni program anyway at the treatment centers I went to. <laughs> For real. You didn't want to go back. No, I'm good on those. <laughs> Maybe that's why it took me 12. <laughs> but it's cool because they come back. And, like, last year we did um, – it was, like, carnival-themed. And we have carnival games. They can bring their families. I was going to say, so their families come mm-hmm, along. And friends. It's awesome. Okay. So that's in September – which I'm in the process of planning now because I'm pretty excited. Now, do you use alumni to help you? Sometimes. Some of the local that are really into it will help with parts of it, yeah. Okay, that's really cool. I think Mm -hmm. that's important. That's part of this aftercare that um, Mike was kind of talking about. I do have a question, and and you can share more of your story, but what is it like a day in the life in a treatment center for people like us that don't know what happens in a treatment center? Like, do they have cell phones or not allowed cell phones? Or what is that like? So, at the ranch, they don't have cell phones. Okay. And when they come in, they're on a blackout for just a couple days. I think it's like three days. What does that mean? That means they they get phone calls like several times a week. They can call home on our landline phones. Okay. But when they first get here for like three days, we like to get them acclimated, get to know each other, like the community. Um, And then they can start making their phone calls. So, they don't have cell phones. Okay. But they wake up. They come up for breakfast around eight, um, and then they'll have like their process group with their therapist, like their main therapeutic group. And then they have like experiential in the afternoon, or they'll have holistic. And then there's like psych ed groups. Dinner's at five. And then, um, so we have cottages here. So what happens is they come up to the main building during the day, and then in the evenings they get back down to the cottages, which is. There's like a little living room and a TV down there okay. where they can just relax and unwind. Now, can they watch news TV or yeah. is it just movies or so they they watch regular TV? Yeah. Okay. Usually. Okay. We're pretty flexible with that. I mean, because again, like when you leave here, are you never going to watch a movie again or see, see the news? Like yeah. what better place to process something that may be triggering than when you're here and when you're safe? See, I like that. I like mm-hmm. that approach because someone else shared with me, not on a podcast, I'm just from experience working at another facility where they couldn't have a radio, yeah. they couldn't have TV, and his whole thing to me is, Kathy, like, that triggers them, so now they don't have it, and then they go out, and the first time they play a song, it may trigger something, and you just yep. took away everything that took them to get to that point, mm-hmm. because you don't have that. Even, like, the different music people listen to, it's not like you're going to come here, and all of a sudden, you go home listening to Christian rock. Yep. Like, if you're into rap or Metallica, mm. you should listen to it here. I mean, it's just part of it. Okay. I always tell people, like, the word trigger for me, like, life was a trigger. If it was sunny, I was triggered. If it was raining, I was triggered. If I was happy, if I was sad. You know, life in general can trigger anything. Yeah. I drank when I was happy. I drank when I was mad. You know, I drank to spite you because you weren't doing what I thought you could do. So that's why I think it's important that they... 
and especially like family therapy too so they can do family therapy while they're here with like their spouse or if they live with their mom or whoever and that's a good thing too to like process some of the stuff that's going on in that dynamic before you go home like set some boundaries talk mm-hmm. through some stuff with the therapist mm-hmm. otherwise you go home and fireworks start all over again yeah. and they're right back to where they began yeah so and i always press about aftercare is so important like i think it's more important than even the being in treatment because it's not like you don't come here and then 28 days later you're fixed and you're great like it's a process like the therapy and stuff that you do after here is just as important as 12-step meetings and NAMI, which is like a mental health yep. support group, yep. stuff like that. I think they all kind of go hand in hand for the best long chance oh, of, recovery. of recovery. Yeah. Yeah. I, I believe that because sometimes like they just open the door and say you're done Yeah. and it's out. So here, is it a requirement? Can they check out anytime they want here? Yeah, you can because okay. it's not, it's not like a lockdown facility okay. and we have a big property. We have, I think about a hundred acres of woods here. Really? Yeah, it's a big property. And, you, I mean, we can't make anyone stay. Of course, we always try. So none, none of the people that come here are mandated by the, the parole office or whatever that they uh, have to stay here? There's some that probably are, but even if... Like, no matter how you got here, you made the choice to come, right? Okay. So whether mom's mad at me or the PO says I have to come or I'm trying to get out of something, like, at the end of the day, you still came. It was still a choice. Okay. Um, and if you leave and you're because you're here on probation or whatever, that's... A consequence you'll have to face but we always try to like walk talk that through like you leave here you walk to the gate or you get a ride and then what you knock on mom's door mom doesn't even want you home you know like talk that process through before you leave i'm like sleep on it because i was always very impulsive too like i would start a job mm-hmm. and like the first break i'm like this isn't for me i gotta go <laughs> <laughs> i can't do that and then I'd quit and I'd be like, damn, now I don't have a paycheck. Maybe it wasn't so bad after all. <laughs> well, you didn't check out here. So no. Like here. I'm a lifer here. Okay, good. But yeah, like sleep on it at least. Because sometimes even, like, I don't know about you, but something will happen today and I'll be like wound up about it. But I sleep on it and tomorrow I'm like, really? Was it really that serious yeah. that the toilet paper was over and not under? <laughs> like everybody just calm down. That's true. <laughs> But that's true. Yeah. We overreact. I'm an overthinker, and I get it. I go to bed pissed off, and the next morning I'm like, why I know. did you not? Why did you let that happen? Why did you text that message? Why? Like, that's just stupid. And then you're embarrassed by it. Like, yeah. My my hashtag for 2022 is pause. That's a good one. Because I don't pause. I yeah. react. You're reactive. Then, yeah, I am absolutely. too sometimes. Absolutely. I gotta like. I gotta check myself with that too. Yeah, I'll start texting and I and then I, you know, they're looking at it and they see the little dots on their phone like I'm typing, and then I stop and backtrack it, and try to word it different. And I'm like, I need to just not respond. <laughs> Let me just well, calm that messes down. with the person even more. Then. I know because they're like, what was she gonna say? Yeah. Well, I didn't know there's bubbles on text. Yeah, well, there's like little whatever. You know what I mean? iPhone. Yeah. Yeah, ours is Android. So awesome. uh, you're the oh, Android people. So you people. mean so somebody has iPhone, they can see that you're texting. Yeah, it can see that you can see when they're typing. <laughs> A lot more than just Facebook. You can tell that Facebook. Yes, That's like in right. Messenger. I didn't know on text. So yes, we're learning it's a lot serious. about everything here tonight. <laughs> Mandy's teaching me about We're now promoting iPhones yeah. via this podcast. <laughs> So you know if someone's responding or not. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But that's crazy. So I often wondered if they could just like say, "Hey, I'm just, I'm just leaving now." Yeah. And then you try to encourage them to spend 
the next of day. course because but if they walk out and they come back with the insurance does that mean that the three days that they were here goes towards that 28 or is it, it depends i think every case is kind of okay. different I mean, usually if you leave, your insurance is going to approve you coming back because you left for a reason. But, like, I, 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 it just depends. Okay. Because, like I said, insurance companies, um, they don't like to pay for this level of care because this is expensive for insurance yeah. companies because you have psychiatrists, you have medical staff, you have nurses 24 hours. You have all, it's very, very structured. Okay. And, like, a PHP or an IOP is a lot cheaper for them. Okay. So they don't, they don't necessarily want you to be here. That's why you got to do some work while you're here and what if they say i don't want to do work today i don't feel like like you said if they're doing new meds or whatever what if they just say i'm not into it today well i mean i think it depends on the person like that's real i mean if you come in here with if you're depressed let's say Uh you don't come in here and all of a sudden you're not depressed anymore and you're ready to get up brush your teeth and greet the day you kind of got that's what i love is they meet people where they're at it's not like you got to do this this way if you're not going to do this then you can't stay it's not going to work for you because everyone is different. Mm-hmm. It's just like when people come in here for addiction, like I don't come in here, like different behaviors. Mm-hmm. Like I don't come here and all of a sudden I'm not an addict anymore. It takes a while to change those behaviors. It's a process. I mean, I was that person. I, I still, and this is no lie, like if you said, what did you have for breakfast? I'll tell you Cheerios, knowing damn well I had Fruit Loops. <laughs> That's like my whole life. I've always lied. So I'm like, and then I'm like, I totally just lied to you. I did not have Fruit Loops. But you admit it then openly. Yeah, now. Yeah. But like, that's an example of behaviors that like it takes a while because we've lied and manipulated for so long. I would tell so many lies. I didn't even know. I couldn't even keep them straight. Or worse, I believed them. Like I convinced myself that it wasn't a lie. And like, how dare you? I would never lie. It's the same thing here. Like the. So you can Behaviors. work with them because you understand it. Yeah, that's what I love about it. Or sometimes I'll call them out too. Like, nice try. You think I didn't try that shit? Yeah. <laughs> you truly thought. <laughs> so it's a benefit to have someone in recovery or who had a, has a past to work here. Because I think someone so. like me, I would believe everything that they told me. Well, it's, it's, so, we all have different experiences too. Yeah. Like there's people that work here that are like therapists or BHTs, which is our behavioral health techs that aren't necessarily in recovery, but 90% of people that work in this field have been affected by mental health or or addiction in some way. Okay. And like for me, part of my story too is that I just recently started seeing a therapist. I've never seen a therapist in all my years in recovery. And when I would be in treatment, they would say that you, um, you have to have some kind of underlying trauma. And I'm like, no, I don't. I had a great upbringing. I don't. I just like to do drugs, mm-hmm. but I just recently started doing therapy, and I like I'm starting to uncover some stuff about myself that I've never known, and I'm like, wow, that's really cool. Which is why I think it's so important to do therapy and stuff. Like I've been to twelve steps for years, but therapists, um, and like their book and their educations and stuff have a whole different way of helping you with your mental illness or your addiction. Because you, you've probably heard people say, like, alcohol and drugs were our solution, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm the problem. And I never knew what my problem was. Because you just like to do it. I mean, that's what I always thought. Yeah. I'm like, I just yeah. think they're fun. If I could do drugs every day and not have consequences, you better believe I'd still be doing it. But I didn't realize there was all these things about myself. Like, um, I shared with you before we started about in, in, like, eighth grade, I did this book report. And the kids made fun of me. So my entire adult life I've always had this fear of speaking 
and I was always afraid that people were gonna make fun of me or laugh at me. Well, I just uncovered in therapy that like, there's like there's part of me that's telling myself that to protect me so I don't get hurt again, which is wild to me. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it's it's wild, and it's like there's a part of me that saw that I was hurting in some way and told me to do drugs so I wouldn't hurt anymore. Right? So like, okay. I, I always thought of myself as like, I'm this piece of shit drug addict who lost custody of her kids and did all this harm in people's lives. But I'm like, there was a part of me that was hurting and I was trying to use drugs so I wouldn't hurt anymore. So I'm not a bad person. Right. Like I'm a good, I do good things when I'm not drinking. Yep. You know, I would never steal from some, my parents or army crawl into their bedroom sober, but I was sick. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of it's sense. Cool. And we hear people talking mm-hmm. about it and you're not a bad person and no one is a bad person. Right. Whatever choice they make, they're not a bad person. But I find it interesting because we talk a lot about like the mental health aspect of mm-hmm. it. And so all this time you thought you didn't have anything. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, what? if you don't mind me asking, you don't have to answer it, but what made you decide I want to see a counselor after all um, this time? Just because I was struggling. I was like, okay. I was getting depressed and I just wasn't right. And I'm like, I, I preach it to everyone here. Like, let me, let me follow my advice. Okay. <laughs> let me get a therapist. So and, I, and it's helping you. Yeah, now it's wild. Reliving. It's like a whole, it's like a whole nother journey of recovery, which is cool. Yeah. The big thing too with mental health is like, because I run the alumni program, one of two things happen. Like people will leave here and they'll be doing really, really well and they feel great. And they're like, I don't need my meds anymore. And they stop taking them and then they spiral on. Next thing you know, you're like back in a psych ward or back at the ranch. Or another reason aftercare is so important, they'll leave here and they won't have an appointment set up with their psychiatrist or their family doctor, whoever's gonna prescribe their meds and they run out of them. And then they're in this, like, how am I going to get my meds thing? And then they spiral backwards. I always tell them, like, sometimes some of us just need to be on medications, you know? Yeah. Some people's brains are just wired that way. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't know where it comes to the stigma of like, if I'm on meds, I'm crazy. Like some people just need, I don't judge someone who takes like insulin. But you're true. That's true. This, there is stigma. There is definitely. There is stigma to mental health and taking, um, we have a family member right now who wants to get off of it. But yeah. why? I don't understand why. Yeah. That, it's that's a me. Thing. People don't want to talk about it, but why? Yeah. Like, what's the problem with that? it's helping you, you know, and, and Austin will go into this whole thing about pills and stuff like that. Like, if it's helping somebody. Yeah. And, and basically, um, there was a blind study that I was reading where people were getting placebos. And I believe it, that. It was just the mindset that I have this pill that's helping me, and it was a sugar pill. Yeah. It wasn't doing anything but mentally. That's wild, isn't it? Yeah, mentally they felt as though they needed that. The brain is so fascinating. Yes. It really is. Yeah. That's why I, lo- I love that we do mental health, because I've always, I'm, I'm an addict, so like I know substance use, right? I can, I can call an addict out all day long because I am one of them, but... I've never really understood mental health as much as I do now working here and people's struggles. And it's just, it's just fascinating to me just how our minds, um, help us to cope and like come up with these scenarios or these alter egos or the whatever. It's it's wild. It's crazy. And it's interesting for us because coming here, I had no idea that it was a mental health and a substance abuse. Yeah facility i had no idea that's what's awesome about it because 
like if you're an addict, you're lucky in a sense of there's there's treatment centers and IOPs and PHPs all over the place for addicts. But when you look for mental health treatment, there's hardly any. And as many people, especially with COVID, like yeah. people struggling, um, like if you just search for a, a residential mental health treatment center, there's not very many at all. Even like IOPs or PHPs, like when we set people's aftercare up, um, depending on where they're from, like sometimes there's nothing in their area, which is one good thing about COVID because there's telehealth. Yeah. So like if you don't live somewhere, there's any resources near you, you can do that. So when they leave here, so do people who leave here go into like the recovery houses and things for the addiction part of it? Some do. It just, everyone it depends. Like some people will stay locally okay. and go to some of the local recovery houses. Some people like are from Jersey and they want to go back to Jersey and they may go to a PHP that offers housing for a little while. Okay. And then they'll step down and do like IOP and live in their recovery house basically. So they have more options than the ones that are leaving here from mental health issues, is what you're saying? As far as, like... The next step. As far as, like, um, options of how many places you can go to, right? Like, in Pennsylvania, there could be 50 or 60 drug and alcohol treatment centers, and there's probably three or two mental health, which is interesting, isn't it? It is interesting. It's sad. It's very sad. With COVID, a lot of mental health, everybody's... Everybody has mental health. Like right. Nobody's perfect. Mm -hmm. But it, it's gotten more severe. And yeah. Now, so this is one of the only facilities I would say in what your county. I think so. I'm pretty sure. As far as just because you can come here with no substance use history or no alcohol use, um, you can come here just for mental health, which is a big deal. I'm proud of that because there's not a lot of like I said, there's nowhere. That's why we get a lot of people from so far away. Yeah. I mean, we get people from Virginia, South Carolina. We have a lady here from Florida. More they so travel. for the mental health mm -hmm. part. The other part, there's more facilities, so yeah. there are more local people. Sometimes, yeah. Okay. But it's wild. It's sad. It's really, really sad. It, Even, it, like, psychiatrists. Like, I always tell them, like, day one, let's start thinking about the psychiatrist part of it. Because it can take six months to get an appointment with a psychiatrist. I mean, it can take a long time because there's wait lists. But again, that's one beauty of telehealth because you can do that, which opens you up to more. I personally could never do telehealth because I, I'd be like painting my toenails. Is that like a virtual? Yeah, it's like virtual. I wouldn't focus. There's no way. <laughs> but some people can. So, Mandy, what is your actual job title here, and what exactly do you do? So, I'm the alumni advisor, which is I do the virtual meetings. Okay. Um, I basically, I love it because. I get to keep in touch with people when they leave here. So when you leave, you fall kind of under my umbrella, which is like, we call, I call everybody like once a month. They all have my cell phone number, my email. You can tell, I always tell them, if you left a sock here, you can text me. If you need a new therapist, cause like the one you got wasn't a good fit, call me, I'll help you find one. Um, and I set up like the events that we do. Okay. I do a lot of groups while they're here too, just to get to know them. I do the fun stuff. That's okay. why I love what so I like do. you like the activity director Yes, I get to do all the cool stuff. Okay. Like Saturday night, we're doing um, a talent show. So I'm like out there stalking, like, what are you going to sing? It's karaoke. But it's cool because people like read poetry or they'll, um, we have a guy that plays guitar. I do bonfires because a lot of people like that are here for substance, I know like I never was at a bonfire without drinking. Mm -hmm. 
Like, I didn't think I would ever have fun sober. So that's why I try to do, like, the fun stuff to show. Like, they'll say, I never sang karaoke sober. And they do it, and everyone's hooting and hollering. I'm like, look, imagine that. You did you it sober. Fun. Yeah, it's that's cool. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never. Th- you don't think about that kind of no. stuff. No. And that is cool. Like, the bonfire. Any bonfire that I've been to, except for the one I went to, the Lancaster Club, and they had that bonfire. Yeah, Friday the night. 521 Club. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I experienced that there. But even sitting there now that you're saying that, it never crossed my mind mm-hmm. that most bonfires. People are drinking. People are drinking. Yeah. Or even like the people that come in here and are just like so full of anxiety that they don't even want to be around people or they're so depressed they can't even get out of bed to be up there reading a poem that they wrote. Like if that's not anxiety producing, I don't even like, you know, I don't even like doing that. I'm like, that's freaking awesome. That's a big deal to get up in front of people and be vulnerable like that. And, and seeing like the change and like just a little bit of time they're here. I love showing them their pictures. Like when they first came in. And when they leave, because it's like a whole different person. In like 28 you, days. Yeah, you can like see the glow coming back. Nobody's fixed, but you right. can just see like the look of like there's hope. Like you go from hopeless to hopeful and it's cool. It's awesome. And you have so much energy. I do. I'm hype. No, you have so <laughs> much energy. <laughs> yeah, I don't and, need and energy need drinks. No, they need that. Like everybody needs somebody like you yeah. in their life. Oh, thank you. Because you're just energetic and you I bring am. that positiveness around. So what's your favorite thing about this place and what you do? I mean, my favorite, my favorite event is the homecoming. But I think what makes – like – I come to work every day so excited to like see people changing their lives and I cry every time I talk no, about okay. it because it's such a big deal like I remember like being in that place where I didn't want to live and I didn't want to die but I didn't know what I wanted to like I'd have been okay with not being here anymore and people come in here feeling that way and it's like to see that change mm. it, it's the most rewarding thing in the world and knowing I may have had just like a little tiny part of that means a lot I love it I love everything here. I can't even pick one thing. That's I guess awesome. I would say like the change. I mean, the staff that work, it's like a family. Like treatment center that I was at, it would be like 100 beds, let's say, or 150 beds. And you were just like a number. You were lucky to know your therapist's name. Like here, we eat lunch with you. Everyone knows everyone's names. It's like a family. We do community meeting every Friday. Like we're all there. We talk about what's going on, things that we might need to change. Or what's really, really cool, and that's when I get all excited about the weekend stuff. <laughs> but I don't know. It's just awesome. It is. What's the hardest part of this job? When you lose people. Because sadly, like, not everyone makes it, as you know. Like, this shit's no joke. I tell them. That's the other thing we talk about. I'm like, I try to be upbeat and positive, but the reality is, like, it is life or death. And sometimes I get those calls from alumni that someone didn't make it and it just breaks your heart. Like you wish you could just put it in a little jar of recovery and just give it to everyone like a magic Mm -hmm. wand, but you can and it sucks. It makes my heart really, really sad because there's so many people that struggle and they don't have the opportunity to even come to a place like this. There's so many good people out there, Mm -hmm. so many people. And I mean, I appreciate what you do. My son, I told you, he, we didn't do any of this. Yeah. Uh, we didn't have the opportunity for any of this. So what what you're doing is wonderful. Thank you. And, and what every one of you are doing yeah. is wonderful. And you all have a story. And it must be hard. Like, I can't imagine I've not ever been in addiction. 
I mean, we're all addicted to something, but in this atmosphere, how hard it is to come here and face it every day and have a bad day yourself and still come here and put a smile on your face. Well, yeah, it's funny because it's like they think that I'm helping them. I'm like, you help me. Like, Randy, I don't know if you know Randy. Randy Jefferson. He always says, I love him, so. I love Randy, too. He always says, um, service work is like peeing your pants. Everyone else sees it, but only you feel the warmth. <laughs> I can't stand it. <laughs> but it's true. It's true, like, you come here to help people, but it makes you happy. I'm going to call Randy. You so should. I, met I love Randy. him. Randy went to your Catholic, so I knew Randy. I knew, I knew um, his wife, and my son, who passed away, actually went to bio, uh, church Bible school with with their son. Aww. And so I actually met Randy. You were down in town. When he was with when us this weekend. Was with, oh, was he? Yeah. Shoot. He always comes when we do it. Yeah. So he was down there. And I'm like, you look so familiar. And we just connected. He gave me phone numbers. Yeah, he's awesome. I've called him several times. Like, hey, I have a person down yep. here. And I don't know what to do with them. And he would help me. He would give me yeah. phone numbers and help me. And he invited me. And I, I talked to Mike about this as well. I went to one of his speaking events. He was at the Happy, I think it's the Happy Hour or something one of those um, clubs, the AA mm-hmm. meetings downtown, and he has a great story as well. Yeah, he just spoke, um, he spoke out in Pittsburgh, and we made it an alumni event. So I got connected with all the Pittsburgh alumni, and I said, we're coming out for this weekend, and we met up for pizza, and went to hear him speak, which is cool. That yeah. is cool. Yeah, it was awesome. He's a piece of work. He works here too, you know. Oh, does he work yeah. here? Uh-huh. I'm gonna call him. I'm I always tell him he's like the godfather of AA, like everyone knows Randy. <laughs> In my kitchen, I have, I have a chalkboard, and right now it says, the neighbors think I'm selling dope, but I'm really dealing hope. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and, I, and it says Randy Jefferson. That's like one of his things. Oh, I love that. He has quite the story, too. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, I'll have to reach out to him. He's going to be, his name's on this podcast. I'm going to have to call and say, do you care if we say your name yeah. on the podcast? I'm sure he doesn't, because he yeah. speaks everywhere, but I'll just confirm that before That's we true. put this on here, just to make sure. Um, so I'll give him a call, but... So, yeah, so it's hard. Like, you're always bubbly, but you have your own issues yeah, as well. Yeah, we all do. And, and That's the thing. you all do, and you just still come here. and, mm-hmm. and, and But I tell them that, too. Here. Like, there's days when I'm here, and I'm not bubbly, and I'm like, listen, I'm, I'm human. I struggle just like you. We yeah. all struggle. The thing about it is, like, as humans, we're not designed to, like, do life alone, right? Like, we need connection. Um, and, like, sometimes they're my connection, too. That's what they don't realize. I'm like... We all we all have struggles, mm-hmm. and some days I'm not great either, but that makes me human. Yeah, you know. So the alumni, like I, I love that. Oh my that gosh, it's awesome! That. Like that is that is wonderful. I'm, I spoke to several people um, that are on your alumni group. Did you? And they talk about it a lot. Yeah, and I love it's always it. positive. Do you also? So I I talk to people in recovery in the city, and they are so jealous of the ranch. Everybody <laughs> wants to come. To, to the, the ranch. ranch. Like, well, I, yeah, I'm not cool. lying. Like, I've heard the description. Really? Like, we didn't take a tour of your facility, but I heard all kinds of, you can see the river. I mean, even when we yeah. pulled in, he's like, what is this? And, like, it's beautiful uh-huh. here. Just the view and just the atmosphere driving up the driveway yeah. is an experience. It's like, it's like the spiritual epicenter of the world at the ranch. Like, we have a, we have a medicine wheel. Um... There's like a lot of spiritual stuff that goes down here. It's like miracles happen here. That's awesome. And people say I'm biased, but I'm not. It's true. There's just an energy here, yeah. I think. Well, they say that and they come and I'm not sure how they get, why they come, 
because they're alumni from another rehab. Maybe they bring in meetings because we have like pre- people that bring in AA meetings and NA meetings. Okay, so maybe they come because they always they and this is years ago. It's probably like five years ago. Oh, Kathy, we're not gonna do our back porch AA meeting tonight because we're going to the ranch. <laughs> That's awesome. And I'm like, well, I can't participate in the ranch, but go. And they would come back and they would just be like, did you see that shit there? Like, they have, you have a pool table or something yeah, and big TVs. Yeah. And they're like, we didn't have any of that where we were. Like, yeah, we weren't either. allowed radios. We weren't Hell allowed TVs. No. The basketball net was, there was no net. The backboard was missing. <laughs> we just had a hoop on a pole. And the ranch has all this. And yeah. So it is well known That's and cool. talked about that makes my heart amongst smile. the recovery people. They're being jealous of this place. That's cool. Well, and one thing, like, alumni that are local, like, Friday night we're going to Sky Zone. Like they can bring friends. Like there's a girl that's in our recovery house in York, and she's bringing a couple girls from the house Friday night. That's awesome. And what's really cool is promises, promises pays for all of our alumni events. So like in May we're going to Hershey Park. Like we pay for those tickets. I never met a treatment center that would do something like that. After they leave. Yeah. Right. Isn't it cool? Yeah. So like that's Hershey Park's fun. Everything's fun. But some people may have come with other alumni. Yeah, I, I can't remember. At. It was the whole one, all one night I just heard that we can't have our meeting because we're going to the ranch. <laughs> and I said to him, here, I didn't know where the ranch was. <laughs> like, we put it in my car. <laughs> I thought it was on the other end over towards the river that way. Yeah. And so when we pulled in, he's like, what the heck? We got a gate here. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> we never experienced this before. Well, yeah. But it's so welcoming. Like, every, you know. Yeah. It's like the atmosphere. It's yeah. We, we used to have an albino, for years, after we had, we had an albino deer up here, and we named him Alfredo. And <laughs> he was like our mascot for years. And then we didn't see him for a while. And Randy was at a meeting and um, was talking about working here. And this kid was like, oh, yeah, like, my grandma lives right in the back. Look what I got hunting this week. And we're like, he killed Alfredo. <laughs> I was devastated. Like, we, none of us would post pictures of him because we wanted him to be, like, protected forever. So we're like, now we know where Alfred is. Oh, my God. I'm so stressed. <laughs> Should have got him mounted. Probably. <laughs> Least they could do is give us the mount. <laughs> Poor little thing. No, I believe that nature is probably a good part of it, mm-hmm. too. So you yeah, have just, a lot of spirituality mm-hmm. and things like that here. You can just go outside and sit and just, like, be present, which is, like, something I could never do. My head was always, like... 30,000 steps. As soon as I would wake up, there's like 20,000 thoughts going through my head, which is why I love that we like do meditation here. Did you try it yet? Meditation? Oh my gosh, I love it. For someone like me, I'm very high strung. To be able to do meditation is a big deal. Now, I, I'm not like Alan level. I like got to do a YouTube guided thing Okay. for like 10 or 20 minutes. But it just like, it's just so calming. It's amazing. Well, the reason I'm asking you that is because you're high energy, I'm high energy. But we just did a podcast with an individual who said meditation is the way to go. And There's I said, so I, don't, I can't breathe. I don't think I can clear my head. Yeah. And he, he does, you do meditation. Do you? And you follow the YouTube guidance to get yeah, you there. Yeah, the best way to start. Yeah, Jason Stevenson, I do a lot of his. He's a good guided meditation guy on YouTube. But it's I always thought the same thing, too. Like, I couldn't. I couldn't like get my brain to calm down. Yeah. But what I was taught is like it's not about shutting your brain down and not have we're gonna have thoughts. It's about like acknowledging the thought and then just bringing yourself back, like letting it pass like a cloud, which is good for addiction because it's like 
I had the thought about using, right? And I would obsess, 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 and then I would go use. So meditation teaches me, like, if that thought comes of wanting to use, okay, cool, I had that thought, bring it back. Let it go. Interesting. It There's so many benefits to meditation. Like, health benefits, mental yeah. benefits. Yeah. You look like you got a Zen vibe. I can see you meditating. Yeah, a little bit. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, good. I'm, I've, I promised some of our listeners that I'm going to try it. I keep saying this week I'm going to try it. And I've just been so super busy this week, but I really need to take the time. And, and yeah. It's only eight minutes. Like, we yeah. should start at eight minutes. It takes practice. Like, I'm by no means, like, an expert. Med like, I'm not sitting outside by myself zenned out. I do guide it, but I... Like whenever I, my mind goes, I just bring it back to my breathing and I'm realizing like I'm getting, I can stay more present. I'm not a hundred steps ahead all the time. Like I think one thing for me in my recovery has always been spirituality. Like I've always, I've always believed in a God, but I always thought like God loved you, you and you more than me because you guys would all have these different aha moments or experiences and I wouldn't have that. But then I, I realized like, I never was present long enough for God to be present in my life. Like, I wouldn't even sit still for a minute. So how would I know if there was something trying to communicate yeah. with me? So meditation helps me with that, too. Good. Yeah, it's important. Awesome. I'm so glad you came. Yeah, I'm excited. This she was nervous cool. to do this, but, like, we just have conversation, and, and like, questions just go through my head, and yeah. I didn't get him, let him ask any. What questions do you have? Uh, for anyone who's struggling right now with addiction, mental health, any of those areas, what would you uh, advise them to do? I would say the hardest thing to do is always to ask for help. And that's like the most important thing is to know that like, I think society teaches us like for men, like uh, be a man, yeah. pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Like it's your job to take care of, yeah. or for what, like for moms or women, like it's our job to take care of the family and to keep the house clean. And we're not taught that, like, it's almost like we're taught that asking for help is a weakness, right? Mm -hmm. And we don't want to ask. Like, some people have asked for help and maybe not got the help they needed. Like, maybe growing up they were asking and people just pushed them to the side. So they don't even want to ask for help. Or it's like, I don't want to ask for help because I, I feel like I'm being a burden. Mm -hmm. And I think the most important thing for me, for everyone to know, is like, we all have struggles. So we all need help sometimes. It takes freaking courage to ask for help but then you got to be willing to like take some suggestions too can that help be anybody or does it have to be like can it be a family member or well i mean i wouldn't necessarily go to your drug dealer and ask him for help because <laughs> he's <laughs> i mean you got a point well some people like some of our families like they want to help us but they just don't understand it you know what i mean like you're depressed, like, just get up and go to work. What's the problem? Like, yeah. everyone else gets up. And they, they don't understand, like, we physically just can't do it. So maybe it's, maybe you've asked your parents for help and they just didn't know how to help you. Yeah. That's why there's, like, helplines. Call me at the ranch, I'll help you. Does that make sense? Yeah. And that's why, like, Mike was mentioning the family events. Like, the family can mm -hmm. come in and do this therapy The family as well. program. Yeah, because, I mean, like me, I'm like a tornado that wrecks people's lives. You know, and it, I always thought like it's not hurting you. What do you care if I'm doing drugs, when it's like affecting freaking everybody around me? Mm -hmm. And sometimes they need therapy, just as if not maybe more than I did. Honestly, that's why I love the family education because it helps yeah. people to understand that. I love the whole controversy of like it's a choice, that that whole thing. 
Uh, so I maybe did... we had a podcast on that. So did you? You'll have to get. We'll invite you to the page, and you can. And we put titles, and we'll put titles with yours as well that you can pick that out. Because okay. that is a, that is something that we struggle with a, a lot. Yeah. Like I'm about once, and he's about, and he goes back and forth. Yeah. Uh, my other son, he has a twin brother, Dylan, who participates, but he has a, a child now, so he doesn't get to come with us as much or do him as much. But that was a big deal with him. Mm-hmm. You know, he he said my brother passed away. That's I'm sorry that he passed away, but he made that choice, yeah. and that was hard for us as a family because he mm-hmm. had this. Not that he deserved it, but he made that choice. Mm-hmm. And we kind of talked him around it. But now Austin, Austin changes where, and I'm not going to speak for him, but he changes. And that is a very hot topic yeah, to talk is. about. I just know for me, like when I was in high school or middle school, I didn't say I can't wait to grow up and be a drug addict and lose custody of my kids and like rob my grandmother. That wasn't like my goal in life. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I think it became a choice at some point, but for me, it was like, I would use, like I said, I've been in 12 rehabs, sadly, but I would use, and then the guilt and the shame of like what I had done, like I didn't want to face it. So then I would just want to keep using. Cause I was like, I don't want to face these people again or admit that I screwed up again. Yeah. And it just feeds this like shame inside of me and that I'm not a good person. And it's hard. Yeah. yeah good. What else? Anything you want to share with anyone? No, I'm just excited. Because we have a lot of people list that listen. Is there anything that, I mean, you shared, like, ask for help. Is there anything that you want us to know about the ranch, about you? Anything yeah, what do you, what do you like to do yeah. besides when you're not here? Yeah. Okay, well, I like to pretend to garden, but I usually... Sorry, <laughs> uh, out great. I usually have to, like, replant my flower boxes <laughs> a couple times a season. Because you don't water them? Or you I don't, don't know what I do. Okay. Maybe I don't water. I'm really into my family, like spending time with my family. Sweet. I don't watch a lot of TV. I love being here. I love um, recovery stuff, events. Not one more stuff. Huh? Okay. That's good stuff. Yeah. Um, I like, I just try to be happy because there was so, mu- so much in times in my life where it was so dark. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just grateful to be alive, honestly. Honestly. Like, every minute's a blessing. And that's powerful. It is. And there's so many listeners out there that just sometimes don't have that. Like, they're still searching for that. What am I living for? Yeah. I remember feeling that way. Like, we're all, you have a purpose. And you're not, like, you're not this bad person because you've used drugs and you've struggled. Like, we're sick. And we're suffering and we do things because we're sick. Like, that's not who we are in our hearts and our souls. We're good people. Yeah. And you're good. they're good people. You're good people. Yeah. Try not to stay down, you know? It takes courage to pick yourself back up, Absolutely. but it's worth it. But you've done it. And, I, and I'll do it a thousand times. I used to think, like, I would go to my daughter's soccer because I didn't have custody. And I would go to their, like, soccer games and there'd be all, like, the PTO moms and stuff sitting down there. And I'd be all by myself. And all I kept thinking is, like, they're just talking about me. They're... Like, I always think everyone's talking. They could have been saying, like, I love Mandy's sneakers. But I'm like, I'm here for my daughter, and I'm just going to keep showing up. And I got to this place of, like, it doesn't really matter what they think. What matters is I'm not going to give up. And if I fail another time, I'm going to pick myself up and just keep trying. Who cares how many times it takes? Just don't give up. And that's just the stigma that we're trying to prevent. Yeah. Because it can affect so many different 
people in their lives. Like it's mm-hmm. not just the homeless people downtown that have this addiction. It's it's everyday yeah. people. Oh, it's, yeah. it's normal people. So while they're sitting there may or may not be judging you, mm-hmm. if they are, they're probably sitting next to that other PTO mom whose son or daughter is probably doing everything or, yeah. that, that they're sitting there talking about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And, and we've learned that. Like yeah. you just don't know who's sitting next to you. And you don't know what people are going through. You just don't. Yeah. Finally, I was like, you know what? I'm going to keep showing up. I'm not here. I'm here for my daughter to see that I'm trying to do something different yep. and show up for these soccer games and put my shit aside. And, and just that keep takes coming. strength. It, well, yeah, so it's you, hard. Yeah, when you say, you know, it's hard, like that takes more it strength. It is. It really is. that PTO mom that's going to sit there and get in her minivan when mm-hmm. they're done and put their kids in yeah. to show up. So. I mean, as far as what I would say about the ranch is if you can come here, come here because it's <laughs> awesome. And I'm really sorry if you can't. <laughs> She's not. She's laughing. And I'm going to call him, too. And I'm going to tell him, guess where I was? I'm going to text him tonight on my way home. But you know what, though? You, you can get sober and get help anywhere. That it's was really, my next question. It was all about, it's all about your willingness. It doesn't matter where you go or what you do. If you, there's not, like, a part of you in your heart that really wants to change, you probably won't. Like, I've done the go-to-treatment to get my kids back and because my parents wanted me to. And it worked for a little bit. But like when in my heart, I really wanted something different. And I was willing to like take suggestions and do things I don't want to do. That's where like you start to heal. And I'm glad you said that. Because one of my questions that I had at the office today when I was preparing and reading this and stuff is, is it the facility? Is it the person themselves? Mm -hmm. I think it's a little bit of both. But for sure you have to have like, I don't know though. Because there's people that come here and they're like, I don't even want to stay sober. Like I'm only here because... My dad's on my ass. And then by like going through the process two or three weeks later, they're like, I am an addict. I am an alcoholic and I don't want to do this again. It's wild how just by like putting the next foot in front of you and doing these groups and and doing the things you need to do here, sometimes it just changes your perception of who you are and what you want, which is cool. That's why when I say miracles, like I'm serious. It's, It's freaking awesome. And you watch it. I love it. I just sent an alumni tonight his picture from when he was here. And I was like, look how you've grown. Because he came and spoke last week. Okay. And I was like, I love you. That's the rewarding it's so part. so cool. Mm-hmm. That's the rewarding it part. It is. Yeah, awesome. Anything else you want to share? Mandy, we appreciate it. I know you were nervous, but thank you so you much any questions for everything for us? that you did. Any questions for oh. us? What's your um, favorite food? <laughs> If you don't know, chocolate cake. Cake. It's not chocolate. It's just, just cake. cake. In general. cake. I love cake, and it's Same. a big joke on this podcast. I love cake. Listen, I'll eat anything with <laughs> anything baked. What about you? You're yeah, probably like a. Need help, Yeah, I was gonna say you're probably like um, pistachios or <laughs> <No>. some shit. <laughs> Almonds, maybe. Wrong. What? Tacos. Oh, tacos yeah, are a good one. Tacos. That's good stuff. Yeah, I'm just glad you came. That's really, it's really cool that you did and yeah. what you did. And do. this is for Alyssa. Not one more um, connected um, sent out some emails. So Carly's gonna probably listen to this yeah. as well. I've been in connection with her, and I'm just glad it finally worked out. It's awesome. It, it's been fun. I just have to say, <laughs> <laughs> my friends in the city say you gotta be rich, and the snotty kids come to the ranch. That is not true. <laughs> That's stigma, right? That's stigma. That is stigma. They're misinformed. Well, unfortunately, when you have good, in- when you have, you're not on Medicaid, like Medicaid and facilities, 
can't afford to have all the amenities either. True. You know, there's two sides. Like that's all. The, every treatment center I went to was Medicaid, like state run. Yeah. But I got sober in there too. That's why I asked that question. You can get sober for in, sure. It doesn't have to be the ranch in, no. in anywhere. And we talk about this too. Some people travel to California. What are your thoughts on having to leave the state and your surroundings to get sober? My thoughts are. I, I grew up in this town, I used in this town, I drank in this building, and I got sober here. I think maybe some people need like that geographic geographic change or whatever, but it's like they always say, like you take yourself with you, right? Okay. Like you can put me in a room with 10,000 people and I'll find the guy that has the Coke. Trust and believe it if I want it. So I don't, for me, Understood. personally, I don't think it matters where you're at. It's a matter of who you surround yourself with okay. or like talking about. Like I would always, real quick, I would leave treatment and I would come home and I'm trying to build trust and I'm trying to like let my parents have my kids for a couple of hours. And I would say I'm going to a meeting and they'd be like, where's the meeting and what time? And I'd be like, how dare you? Like I just got out of treatment. I'm living my best life. And I forget, like they didn't, they don't know that. Yep. Like they've had years of sleepless nights because of me. I owe that to them to like tell them exactly where I'm going and and go where I say I'm going. You know what I mean? Yep. I, th- I I don't know. Some people think it's the people, places, and things. I mean, the recovery house I was in was two doors down from a bar, and there were people smoking crack in the alleyway, and I stayed clean there because I was hanging out with the people that wanted to do the right thing. Yeah. Right. Awesome. Because I would say I, I can't go to AA because there's people there that make me want to drink. No, I'm hanging with the people that want to drink. That was the difference. Yep. I was going with the people that didn't want to do the right thing. That's just my opinion. No, no. We appreciate opinions because that's what this is all about. And there's people out there that are listening that have the struggles that you had. And now they're here. Like, you know, you went. It was okay to go watch your child play a sport Mm -hmm. and sit by yourself. It's okay if you want to go do that. And don't worry about what everybody else says Mm -hmm. because there's people that are afraid. Like, I don't want people to stare at me. Yeah. And it's an insecurity. And And it's like, don't ever give up because there was like time, like when I first started trying to get sober, my kids didn't want anything to do with me. Like they were hanging up on me. And part of my story too is like, I never got custody back of my kids. You know, I just did it. But I kept going to those soccer games and I kept showing up. And as the years went on, like they came to know that I was going to be there um, no matter what. And I wasn't going to stop trying. So it was like, keep doing the right things and eventually it's going to work out. And it did. And now you have relationships. Yeah. And that's what it's you do in cool. your free time to mm-hmm. spend time with your family. So oh, they you act appreciate up. that. Well, it is karma. I got three daughters. <laughs> let's be honest. It is coming full circle. <laughs> Bless my little heart. Right, so, yeah. Good. But anyway. Awesome. Well, thank you, Mandy. You're welcome. Um, thanks, listeners. And we'll catch you on the next one. All right, guys. See you. Have a good night. <laughs>